Welcome to Get Your Rocks Off with Mick Wall, the world's leading rock and metal writer. Each week, he'll unpack stories, stories that you won't find in print. So pour yourself a Jack and Coke and get ready to get your rocks off. This episode is brought to you by the Get Your Store. For all of your Get Your Rocks Off merch, including t-shirts, face masks, and yep, Hotel Tropicana coffee mugs, head over to getyourstore.com. Welcome to another edition of Get Your Rocks. He's already started fucking moaning at me. I haven't even, you know, begun my <laughs> shtick. Me um, and Jimmy, me and Jimmy. That's right. Those are the exact words that just came out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, and, and do you know what the exact words came out of his mouth were? When we mentioned Led Zeppelin, he went, yeah, well, they're boring. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Isn't that what everyone says about Led Zeppelin? Yeah. First thing that comes to mind. Yeah, those boring out albums. Hammer of the Balls. Yeah, well, you know, everyone when knows. Gigantic, that was made up. Everyone knows that book was when, made up. Uh, unlike an, another oh, unlike, no. Book, when yeah. Gigantic Balls. Well, those italic. You made those italic bits up. No, I didn't. I was channeling. I remember you doing it. I was channeling. Yeah, channeling, yeah. I, A.K.A. making it up. No, 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 no. Yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's, That's why what it's you good. Call channeling. That's why it's good. No, it's good because, you know, because a genius wrote it. Yeah. Now, look, just to, we need to go back a bit here. Today's podcast, I was amazed. We were trying to discuss what we were going to do today. And I thought... Um, he actually of, phoned me up to discuss I, it, which he never does. Well, I phoned him up to explain. Um, I thought Led Zeppelin. I thought, well, how many times have we done them? And I looked. Apparently, we've never done them. Never done them. It's just you go on about Jimmy Page <laughs> all the time. Well, you know me and Jimmy. You know, we, 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 we go back a long way. I'd, I'd suggest you talk about <laughs> him more often than he talks about you. That's just a suggestion. <laughs> Well, you see, you might say that. You might say I that. I do. You know, the, the, the best thing Jimmy Page could do, I suggested this to someone who would be really good at doing it, is he should do a sitcom about living next door to Robbie Williams when they were having <laughs> that battle about Robbie Williams building a massive house. <laughs> no, no, it was Robbie Williams it's, wanting to build an underground... An underground, yeah, an underground sort of layer, layer to this house. And yeah. Jimmy Page lives in this incredibly important... The, the tower ar- Architecturally house. The tower important house, house in, in near High Street, Kensington. It was slap in the middle of London. I mean, you, oh, you yeah, couldn't Holland get... Park, yeah, Park. yeah, I mean, it's, you know... Near, Millionaires, right, billionaires. Backing right. on to Buck House, essentially, you know. <laughs> wow, smack no, in the middle, you no, know. Not well, you've got, got a park in between them, but, no, but that's it. <laughs> It's not as if there's a million other houses. You the know. old London Village Green, yeah, exactly. also known All that as stuff. Hyde Park. But, yeah, but this incredibly important structure. Robbie Williams moved in next door, which I believe into the house that was owned by Michael Winner. Yes. Previously, yes. Michael Winner, the film director. Who was who, a mate of Jimmy. Yeah, who rubbed along brilliantly with Jimmy. But then in comes Robbie Williams, wants to build an underground basement or something so he can record the follow-up yeah, to I mean, Angels. A, a yob, a yob a moves yobber. in next you know, door. He's around because he goes around all the time with his <laughs> chest out like he did in that video. And no shirt. No shirt. And he's got ooh, ooh, no, ooh, doing no, all that. Jimmy spent years hanging out with a bloke with no shirt. You know, he called, did, and he doesn't want to see it again. He doesn't want to see it again. He doesn't want to see it. doesn't want his face rubbed in it again. And and they had this battle, didn't they, for years and years over who was going to get planning still going permission. On. It's still going, still going on. Course. And I thought, if that's not a sitcom, <laughs> you know, there is there's no better premise than that. Two generations of rock stars living it, next it, door to true. each Many other, great having a, having are a, on this very exactly, premise, having a classic British argument over the garden hedge. Yeah, the classic classic British brings to mind yeah. the classic British sitcom from the early seventies. Love, Love thy, thy neighbour. It does. It's very similar. So the rock stars in the role of the, uh, you know, the, the, the neighbours. So the, you know, the question is, who would play who? Or, or to the manor born. Do you remember yeah, that? I do remember that. Yeah, you know, that was nothing ri- like it. Ri- ri- no. <laughs> what do you mean nothing like? That it was nothing like it. Totally. You the might as well same. say the good life. Almost it was more identical. like the, it was more like the good life, where one set of neighbours dig up their garden and go self-sufficient. 
and the other set of neighbours are, are living in a sub suburban. Okay, are you raising or an Terry and June, you know. But yeah. but anyway, Terry and June I, didn't I did, live next just, door to each other, did no, they? No, no, they lived together, but they lived next door to someone. Yeah. No, no, they didn't. I'm no, sure they did. I tell you what, you're thinking of. You're thinking of uh, keeping up appearances oh, with, they, uh, with Mrs. Bouquet. See, yeah, 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 yeah. See, she'd be great in it. She could definitely have a role in this sitcom. Totally. She could be Jimmy's housekeeper or something. Mrs. Bouquet. Yeah, she'd be splendid. Robbie Camaraga. Hey, up, Mrs. Yeah, Bouquet. Yeah, But they'd sort of secretly probably get on quite well. They probably, you know, do it. Give them one. Yeah, they? do it. It's Robbie, yeah. he can't help himself. With his chest out. Go, no Ooh. shirt. Looks like a man yeah. with no shirt. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. routinely walks around with no yeah, shirt. That's right, yeah. And it, it would be great. Yeah, I, don't know, I think, you know, if it was well cast, we seem to have begun great... the story at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, we, yeah. I'll do a quick That's recap. the only bit I know. I don't know the first bit. No, because it would be too boring for you. First, here's it, how it here's, goes to me. On, first two albums, boring. Blues, <laughs> not interested, don't like it. Third album was the acoustic one where they go off and get their heads together in the country. That was okay. Fourth album, everyone knows it, no point talking about it. Fifth album was House of the Holy. Yep. Better cover than it is an album. Sixth album. What a load of bollocks. Sixth album, Physical Graffiti. Also a very good cover, but a good album as well. Oh, double then, album. Yeah, then the rest, I can't even remember, didn't go very well for them. Presents and... Whatever it was, didn't work out. Well, and 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 that's the end of the there, podcast. Thank you so summary. much for listening. There's a summary of their recorded output. Okay, can I just now say, let's talk about the I interesting say, things. Right, right. My turn to speak. <laughs> in in the litany of bizarre claims you have made on this podcast, <laughs> just to recap on a couple. Yes. Number one, number yes. one, Queen Aunt. No, you're not allowed to interrupt. Queen Aunt, I a rock interrupt. band. Queen Aunt, a rock band. That's one. And the other one, when you talk about boring, here's the man whose favourite group is fucking Journey. No, my favourite group is Marillion. My second favourite group is <laughs> Journey. You know, most Journey people listening this won't even third. have heard of Marillion. Well, I don't care. Our audience in Cambodia, where we yeah. were number oh, one yeah, in the chart been... for a while, are not going to get no, a hard they're, on they're, for Marillion. They're are tuning they? in to listen to Led Zeppelin, and that's what we're talking about. You're the one who started, who mentioned Journey, not me. No, you said boring, and then you went <laughs> through the whole litany of the first two albums of crap. Right? I didn't say they're crap. I said they're boring. Now. You need to be quiet because clearly. I, need I to have be an educated. alternative view. You need educating. <laughs> yes, you yes. Firstly, I urge you and all the listeners yes. and readers yeah. to go to Amazon right now yes, and, and order. order yourself a copy of When Giants Walked the Earth. See, I enjoyed reading that more than I enjoyed listening to the Led Zeppelin albums. Well, I'm not going to disagree yeah. with you there. It's very good because, see, here's the thing. Led Zeppelin have a great story. But I, I wonder if the story now overwhelms the musical output, which is regarded in very much in two ways, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm being slightly facetious in the way I describe the album. But, but they're either regarded as, you know, the gods of rock, the founding stone of rock, or they're symbolic of everything that was wrong with rock music, mm. the excess, the indulgence. Um, I, I don't think either of those points of view are correct. And... Uh, I think in let's start with their musical legacy. In terms, let's of do their, that quickly, though. No, I'm yeah. going to take my time on this one. Their musical legacy, as it stands right now, is way beyond what it was in their lifetime. When it was actually, in terms of how people think of them, critical thought, um, they weren't highly regarded during their lifespan because that happened to be pretty much the golden era of album-oriented rock. All the best albums that these following artists ever made in their career, career-defining albums, albums that still contain most of the songs they do in their fucking shows 50 years later, as follows in the 70s. The Rolling Stones, Elton John, David Bowie, Rod Stewart, uh, Joni Mitchell... Neil Young, you know, Dylan, you know, you could just go on and on and on and on. And that's what they were being compared with and not always favourably. So, for instance, the first album, um, 
made zero impact critically in this country, in the UK, although Melody Maker came out strongly for it. I remember Chris Welch, who wrote the review, uh, recalled for me the day Jimmy Page brought the record in for them. Because that used to happen at Melody Maker in the 60s. Artists would make an appointment to come to your office to be That should be revived. That should totally Immediately. Be he told me about the day David Bowie came to the office. In the days of Hunky Dory, he went really long hair and he came in a dress. Yeah. He said, and all the old hacks on Melody Way. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. Which pub are you taking him yeah. to, Chris? Yeah. Where are you taking the girl then? Yeah. Is that with your new girl? Yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. So Chris, of course, very nice, innocent kind yeah. of guy, oh, takes really? him to the pub that all the guys go to at lunchtime. <laughs> And, they just spent yeah. the whole and that was when Melly Maker was in Fleet Street, I presume. Oh, it was in Fleet? With, which, with all of the newspapers, yeah. If you were a journalist on the staff of Melody Maker back then, it was a big staff. This mm. was the number one music paper in the world. You had assistants, tea ladies, you had a special room you'd go into to listen to the records. And they should bring that back as Definitely well. Definitely bring yeah. that back. Um, and he said in the pub, Bowie's sitting there waxing lyrical about changes and mm. life on Mars... And there'd be people coming out, Chris, what a pint, Chris. Yeah. What about the young lady? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marvellous. All this stuff. He said yeah. Dylan, when Dylan first came to the UK, he had an appointment to come. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Chris, yeah. there's a, there's but, a Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him I'll be 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. So, Chris Welch, Paige brings in the record, and Chris said to me, you've got to remember 69 or whatever it was, you know, the... the People were still recording albums on four track. If they were, if yeah. they were the yeah. Rolling Stones, yeah. if they were uh, Marmalade or some, you know, just do it, the Hollies, you know, two tracks. And here comes Page and puts this record on. He said, "It wasn't a case of is it any good." He said, "We couldn't believe the sound." Yeah, um, and that was all down to Page n- not being a Jimi Hendrix on guitar or a Clapton. But being a producer, being someone who was all about the big picture in terms of music. But the first album comes out, apart from Chris Welch, it doesn't get great raves. Uh, people are waiting for the new Yardbirds. And also it comes out, you know, the, the, I know you don't like the Beatles, but the Beatles are still going. Hendrix is still alive. The door, I mean, mm. and they've yeah. gone, eh, eh, yeah, know. maybe. Okay. Second album comes out. Um, pretty much the same, except the second album is clearly stronger. I mean, there are some... What's on the second album? Whole Lot of Love. Yeah, that's all right. Which, no one at the time, yeah. that was completely innovative. Those sound effects. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stereo was still new. Yeah. She'd be going, oh, my God, it's yeah. different in that one, and it pans across there, and all that stuff was cutting edge. But you also had Heartbreaker, Bring It On Home, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, uh, that one. Yeah. Um, uh, That's a good one. With her purple umbrella and a da da da. Down, down, oh, down, oh, down, 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 down. Living, loving. Oh, she's, she's just, just a, a woman. woman. Yeah, I know. See? Yeah. See, yeah, the yeah. great stuff. Yeah. Third album comes out and everybody says, well, they shit the bed. You know, you, you just needed another one like the second, mate, mm. and you're good forever. But like Metallica and like. Uh, groups that would follow the confounded expectations. It might you might take a short term hit, but the long term benefits in terms of legacy, narrative, story, works. But at the time, you don't know that. So they come back with the fourth album. And part of the reason the fourth album is so strong is because of the terrible feedback the third album got. Third album is still to this day the worst selling Zeppelin album. Right. Um, second album and fourth are the two biggest selling um, so I guess the point I'm trying to make in a, in a very long way round the houses of the holy is that legacy wise musically they weren't hugely rated musically I think always because they're an incredible band but the lyrics let them down you know Mick Jagger's writing uh, Sympathy for the Devil yeah Bowie is doing concept albums like Ziggy Stars. I mean, Elton John, you know, Rocket Man. Mm. Well, Bernie Taupin, yeah. Well, right. no, in fact, yeah. yeah, of course, Bernie, yeah. Bernie Taupin. I mean, Bowie was a great lyricist. Rod Stewart wrote great lyrics in those days. Everybody did. And here comes Robert Plant singing about, 
on, on song remains the same. Um, was it, uh, sing out, Harry, Harry, ooh, dance the coochie coo. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like Alvin Stardust. Yeah, it, 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 Alvin would have done a better job, probably. Yeah, yeah, Alvin had a proper leather glove and everything. How the fuck Robert ever wrote the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven to me is. Uh, Do you think he didn't? Is that a conspiracy theory? That's why he hates it so much, because he didn't write it. I, I think there's something to that. I'm not saying yeah. he didn't write it. You wouldn't say that. I'm just legally, saying, how legally. come that was the only one he ever Can wrote? Can I just say legally, we're not saying that. No, not remotely. <laughs> not remotely saying that Robert didn't write it. We're just saying he never Where wrote did it another come one from? remotely as Remotely good as like it, yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I mean, in fairness, you know, lyrics to Kashmir, very good. Uh, oh, father of the four winds, fill my sails. Yeah, I mean, I think you would. I think if you were around at that time, you you were reading some of the books that were big at the time. You know, you, you sort of Lord of the Rings and all the knockoffs and the mists of Avalon and all that kind of thing. There was a feeling, and there was that was the time of um, there was a feeling. Jonathan I get Livingston. When I to the West. Yeah, there's a Jonathan Livingston seagull. You know, it's all this kind of faux hippie nonsense that people were retreading as wisdom. You know. Um, oh, a a absolutely, and the, yeah. the whole subject of the occult in the late 60s. I mean, Geezer Butler, who wrote all the lyrics for Black Sabbath. <laughs> he had a great um, brain. And they were That's great lyrics. Yeah, great they were, lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said, he goes, well, everybody was into the occult, but yeah. what you called the occult back then was basically hippie mysticism. Yeah, mysticism, exactly. India and, you know, just, just things that were in the ether that, you did, that were unknown at the time. And of course, so, yes, and there's a feeling I get when I look to the West. Yeah. Shadows mm. taller than our souls. Yeah, what does that did mean? It, did he write that? Those that's, lyrics, you know, yeah. that's, that's... It sounds like it's in Lord of the Rings. Bilbo, our shadows <laughs> are taller than our souls always. Sounds like that. That's where he got it from. <laughs> do, that again. do that again. Bilbo, our shadows are taller than our souls always. <laughs> If he's got the old pipe up, he's like, ah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, because he's down some sort of hobbit hole. hole or something, you know, yeah. Tolkien. And, uh, and what was he called? That, Golem. Yeah, the, Golem the little freaky's a bit like a kind of. He, I always thought what what Tolkien did was he just sort of thought of Grendel and shrunk him right down. You're so saying he's a he little, was a well, he wrote the Silmarillion. He wrote the Silmarillion, obviously, because he prefigured prefigured Marillion. You know, he just well, thought, I know the Godfather what, of know, Prague. what we're going to need in a few years' time is a name for this band. You know, well, actually, an interesting point. Thank because, you. Because Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, absolutely informed Led Zeppelin lyrics. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Plant mentions Golem. I can't remember what the bloody song was. I remember it when we stopped doing this, but there's a really famous song where it's like Golem stole my girl, or you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sabbath, uh, probably Bowie. I mean, probably, any, probably Uli John Roth. He was into that. Definitely Mark Boland. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so Tolkien was that sort of thing? It was like, like living at that time was like living inside one of those crystal shops. That you find in seaside towns, you know, where you go in and there's a, a collection of crystals. They've got things like that unicorn statue you've got there. You know. Yes. Well, who doesn't have and a, a unicorn? Yeah, and, and a hel you know, one of those Anglo-Saxon helmets. Yeah. Things like they sell stuff like that, crystal skulls. You know. So Zeppelin had all that going on. That's the seventies, essentially. But Robert's version of Tolkien and Golem and all that business was about hopeful hippie mysticism. Jimmy, rather than being Tolkien, was Alistair Crowley. Yeah, oh, so Mr Crowley. <laughs> Let's just get that in. What <laughs> went was... on in your head? There's a lyric. <laughs> I like the way you pointed yeah. to your head. Did were you, you channeling Aussie? You were channelling Aussie. Yeah, because uh, Aussie knows. If you see the lyrics to Mr Crowley written down, you know, obviously they're rubbish. But when, 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 you, when he puts it across, you go, oh, that's great. Um, Bob Daisley wrote those lyrics. Yeah, I love, did yeah. he really? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm going to send yeah. him your email address because he's very well, good at He emailing. used to have it because he used to go on and on about the fact that Sharon has, you know, <gasps> once again. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's in that yeah. exclusive club. Like, yeah, yeah, of people, <laughs> of people having a, 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 a beef with Sharon. Yeah, well, you might say that. I, that's not how I, I see I don't because I've no, never done anything for her. No, I love Sharon. Um, 
So anyway... Well, you were going to say anyway, yeah, Mr. Crow, uh, Alistair Crowley. Jimmy, what, you, you interrupted cr- you mean? Cr- oh, Jimmy Page... Jimmy Page's Pagey. reference points. Alice, when do you think that came along? Because the most amusing thing about Page is that very early footage when he's about 14. I don't know if you've seen it. And he's, uh, you know, he's being interviewed uh, as a schoolboy. He's, oh, well, my ambition actually is to become a guitarist, maybe, or perhaps mm. a, co- a choir mm. master. Mm. You know, and he's obviously very middle class. Yeah. And, you know, Single child. Yeah, you know, so he's, so a bit, he's like a little Lord Fauntleroy, you know. Yeah. And then like 10 years later... Mm. He's worshipping the devil. What well, no, the hell he never happened? Oh, all right, that's a simplification. Okay, we'll, co- we'll come. And, well, if you shut the fuck up, I'll tell I'm you. I'm setting it up for you, you're and you're si- supposed to come in did. at that point. Give me a chance. What happened to the boy? I was waiting. Get you on it. You need to wave a fucking flag, mate. Get so on it. Then. Stop. Otherwise, you don't. So he's first started reading Alistair Crowley while he was at school. Right. And. By the time he forms Zeppelin in 1968, originally it was going to be the New Yardbirds, um, but that clearly was a shit name. Mm. But in those days, that was that was a, a commonplace. You know, the Seekers right, who'd yeah. been really good in the beat lots of hits in the 60s. Well, it's, became, yeah, the, the New, new Seekers. Well, it's like the, the great joke in uh, Spinal Tap. You know, we were called the Originals. There was another band called the Originals, so we had to call ourselves the New Originals. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great joke. It did happen all the time. <laughs> No, absolutely, and, and for commercial purposes. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's kind of like Led Zeppelin. Who never heard of them? Yeah. Oh, the Seek. Oh, the new, not the Seekers. Yeah. Sorry, the Yardbirds. The yeah. new Yardbirds. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But you know, if you want to know why they changed it, it's pretty obvious. But it's in the book if you're that bothered, or Google. Give a shit. Here's the point. Um, the point is, is by the time Zeppelin come along. His interest in Alistair Crowley is already very, very deep. Mm. Him and Brian Jones. And how Crowley's still alive at this point? Is he when does Crowley? No, no, he's, no. He, he, he he died earlier in the century. I think I think like in the thirties or thirties. Did he? Or I thought it was later than that. I don't no. know for sure, but I, I kind of thought he died later than that. No. Okay. No. But um, but I mean, incredible fit. We could do a whole podcast on on Crowley's achievements, and, yeah. and but the point being. Um, he was already such a serious student, not just of Crowley, but his teachings, for want of a better word, his many books, um, that he'd begun a collection of Crowleyana, mm. which by the time I met Jimmy in the 80s, Jimmy had the largest collection of Crowleyana in the world. Wow, wow. And he, yeah. Outside yeah. of Because all I want to do now is say that, yeah, Alistair Crowley's sort of... He had a laws, didn't he? He's like one of those guys here. I'm going to invent a load of laws, you know. That's what I'll do. Well, he, go, he... Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Yeah. I mean, you just sit at home and go, if you come up with that one one afternoon, you go, yeah, that's good. Well, I like that. It didn't quite work like that, but... Um, <laughs> no, because what Crowley I'm not was saying it was a load of old rubbish, but... What Crowley was referencing, yeah. well... Uh, what are known as ancient grimoires. Yes, yes. Kind of um, reference books. I know what a grimoire is. Yes. Of course you do. Um, so Crowley was taking that material and, if you like, interpreting it, which is packaging it up and selling it to his followers. Is well, what he was doing. Yes. Yeah. That, like that, all that, good gurus. That all good some, gurus. That could be one Listen, way of looking at it. All good gurus. But need, to, talking, need to have a bit of a grift but, about them. But Otherwise, we're not they're not going to get Uri Geller here. No, no, no. no. Uri Geller well, phoned me up once. There, well, we'll get on to that. Yeah. Um, I've always thought of Uri as, as a bender. <laughs> a spoon bender. Spoon bender, A spoon yeah, yeah. bender, yeah. And he did move the ball on the penalty spot when England <laughs> found Scott that yeah. time. Momentous yeah, magical like, moments yeah, that's right. that you would use your like, powers. Were for. Alistair Crowley still alive? That's the kind of thing did I think he, he would have done. The ball on, on the, the penalty. Pe- Sixty-six World Cup. Did he stop that one from Jeff Hurst bouncing down you over see, the line? It's a little known fact that Zeppelin were working on a on a new album at the time of Bonham's death. Working Called. title. Penalty spot. Yeah, that's right. And it would have been better than move half the, the ones they'd just done. Move the ball. Let's be honest, they'd gone right off the boil by the time. Well, they had, yeah, but yeah. there's reasons for that, and yeah. we'll get to that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that... Crowley, Crowley, Crowley's the Crowley philosophy... Keep, keep so he's got this massive collection of Crowley which goes to the point where he buys his house, doesn't he? He buys the house that Crowley had. 
Beleskin. Beleskin House on the Up banks on the... of Jocko Lake somewhere. Um, Loch Ness, is it? or Loch, Loch... It's where the Loch Ness monster is supposed to. Isn't it Loch Lomond? That's, that's another great Spinal Tap joke, Ross McLochness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if we could drag it away from that for one minute, yeah. let a man speak and he'll, he'll tell you about Crowley's philosophy, which in the 19th century and early 20th century... One of the reasons he became so popular with the Beatles and Zeppelin and all that stuff is because it kind of prefigured some of the ideas that then became very prominent in the 60s. Personal freedom, personal choice, uh, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Wasn't do whatever the fuck you like, it doesn't matter. It was all about trying to uh, find your true self. Um and applying true will to the things right. that interest you. Uh, can you stop reading this, your phone? No, no, what I was doing was I thought I'll quickly look up when oh. Alistair Crowley did die. Oh, okay. it's actually quite interesting. Yes, let's go back. Okay, so yeah. you were quite right. He was born in 1875. And do you know where he was born? Lemington Spa. <laughs> See, I've always, Birthplace of the devil. You see, I yeah. always knew Leamington Spa yeah. was creeping up. Put the phone uh, away uh, uh, and uh, listen to Daddy. And then he died 1st of December 1947 in Hastings. Yeah. Yeah, so 47, he's gone. So Pagey was a child, a young child, I would imagine. Four years old. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but he's, the philosophy... I've got, got to tell you this. Do you know what his children were called? Alistair Crowley's children. This is amazing. You've got to have this. Because this is what's in Paige's mind. This is what's in Paige's mind. I'm going to tell you what's in Paige's well, mind. It wasn't Crowley's fucking children. Go on, let me just tell you what his children were called, okay? Newit Ma'ahathua Hecate Sappho Jezebel Lilith Crowley. And Randall... I nearly called my kid that. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, imagine coming up with that one. I doubt that was, you know, the you name know. of birth. I think that yeah. may have been a name applied... Like with post birth, do you think? Yeah. But then look at Frank Zappa's children, Moon Unit, yeah, Dweezil. Yeah. So he's because Crowley's a rock and roll guy, you know. He's a, he's a rock and roll inspiration. Yeah. He appears on the cover of Sergeant Pepper. Yes. He's in Yes, many, along with. But also yeah. movies. I mean, honestly, that we could do a whole podcast on Crowley, but to, in terms of Led Zeppelin, um, the whole, whole point of magic is literally one thing to affect change. And that is part of the whole thing about applying will. Uh, these days, you know, we can talk about, we talk about karma or we talk about what goes around, comes around. These are actually c concepts that I think we all know there's some basis of truth in because the evidence presents itself all the time. It's not like astrology. You know, you can't just go, this is good and this is bad. Mm. You you have to interpret it. You, it's a constant day-to-day -day thing. Page's thing, and, and Crowley talked a lot about every book he ever published, he would perform rituals to ensure a good outcome for the book. And Page takes this on board with Zeppelin because Zeppelin is Jimmy Page's fucking dream. Yeah. It wasn't Robert Plant's and it wasn't Bonham's or John Paul Jones'. John Paul Jones's dream was to was to transition from a very lucrative career as a session musician into something more meaningful because it was the late 60s and look what's going on in the crazy world of rock. Bonham, give a fuck, as long as he could hit things. You know, he, he, is it well paid? Do mm. I get to hit things? Yeah. Uh, it could be Led Zeppelin. It could have been Rod Stewart and the Faces. It doesn't... That's not... He's thinking... Plant, he wanted to be in Moby Grape. He wanted to be in San Francisco and wear flowers in his hair. And you can see that totally in the career he's had after Zeppelin and before. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. about hopeful. He's about love your brother. Page, who forms this group. Robert was third choice singer. Bonham was like third choice drummer. Jonesy was, was Jimmy's mate who did all the sessions with him mm. and was an easy fix. Very talented and totally up for it. Yeah. But the other two had to be wooed, had to be found, and they weren't first choices. Um, so this is all Jimmy's concept. And he applies in his own way. I'm not saying it worked. I'm not saying it didn't work. But absolutely, rituals took place 
all about affecting the outcome of Zeppelin's records, their career. And it's an easy, it's an easy conclusion to draw. So I'm not saying it's the right one, but it's interesting that Zeppelin have this phenomenal career. That they were outside the Stones in '73 were the biggest rock and roll band in the world. Zeppelin were outselling them in America tickets two to one. Their Stone people forget the Stones never sold millions mm. of albums. They did good. Zeppelin was selling tens and hundreds of millions. The Stones had endless brilliant hit singles that Mum and Dad, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, Brown Sugar. Zeppelin, nothing. No singles. Nothing. I mean, a whole lot of love uh, was released to radio in America and then withdrawn um, on Page's orders. A whole lot of love was a hit in the UK because uh, CCS did a... A version of it which became the theme tune to Top, Top of the, the Pops. Three minute horns and yeah, yeah. fantastic. So Zeppelin never did Top of the Pops, but their fucking song was the theme tune for 15 years. So I, there are all kinds of aspects to Zeppelin which, which do make it seem extraordinary. Not that they did well, but they did so well. By nineteen, so so you're you're saying it's because of the magic that they did work because Pagey. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. But, I'm pa- say, but you might say Pagey might believe that. I think Page definitely believes yeah. that, and and I do believe that. But as you as it. you say, one of the laws of magic, one of the laws is that, you know, yin and yang, karma for every it comes back. white, there's black, and all the rest of it. So, this is why. Terrible things befall them. Well, is that part of the theory? It, absolutely. Um, it gets confused also because in that era, like we mentioned, Giza. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not just Giza. Any anybody with half a brain in the late sixties yeah. and you're young, and you're smoking a joint, and it's free love, and it's Beatles, and all this stuff, um, had a had a, an interest in that sort of thing. But also, we're in the dark ages. There's, in Britain, there's three channels on telly that all end at midnight, yeah. some earlier than yeah. that. Pubs closed at 10.30. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to get the old Ouija board out. Yeah. And it wasn't just rock stars. I mean, it was, people did this. Everybody was old Doris, Doris Stokes. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. You know, it did. Yeah. Sex, drugs, fucking Doris Ouija Stokes. boards. Yeah, yeah, Doris Stokes. Yeah. As we always Is say Is there the anybody show. there in the old... All that, yeah. So it gets confused, like, you know, oh, he worshipped the devil, he was into black magic. No, he was he was a serious student of Crowley. And, you know, there are lodges all over. In, in, in Berkshire alone, sorry, sorry, yeah, we're not in Berkshire, we're in Oxfordshire, but we're on the border of Berkshire. Mm. I happen to know that in Berkshire he alone... He happens to know, yeah. There are over 90 different lodges... In Berkshire alone. Of what? Uh, Masonic lodges. Yeah. But also other brotherhoods, which are more connected to what Crowley believed in. Uh, uh, Crowley was one of the founders of a lodge known as the Ordi Templis Orientis, the uh, Order of the Oriental Templars. Yeah, that's good. You could kind of tell that from the yeah, made-up no, words he came up with. O T O is it? Yeah, yeah. And O-T-O. very similar to masonry, there are like thirty-three degrees, and you know, blah 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 blah. What I'm trying to—the point I'm trying to make is—is is that we're not talking about druggy rocks. We definitely are talking about druggy rock stars with Led Zeppelin, but the interest in Crowley that Jimmy had wasn't to do with druggy rock stars. Wasn't entirely to do with druggy rock stars getting out the Ouija board. Mm. You know, you don't buy Boleskine House unless you are seriously interested in the possibilities. Um, you don't take it to the level Page did. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of thinking that he's a higher up in the OTO. Yes, I've heard this, yeah. So whether... Yeah. whether he does, the, does he give you... Because he does a magic sign or something, does he, when you see him? Well, the closest you get is on, on the fourth album. Which isn't even just called Led Zeppelin Four. There was Led Zeppelin, Zep Two, Zep Three, 
Fourth album comes up. It's not Zep Four. It's just it's not, not called even anything. It's not. It's not called anything. It's yeah. not called anything. Yeah. But there are four symbols. Symbols. On it. Yeah. And Paige used to say to me, uh, he go, well, Robert chose a French maid's tickling stick. Yeah. Um, uh, and the others chose theirs from. He gave them a book of symbols, and they just pick whatever they thought looked groovy. But Jimmy's symbol wasn't in that book because what mm. we now call Zoso, yeah. which isn't what it's called, but that particular symbol is more familiar to those um, with a serious interest in the occult. Uh, so he's trying to give them tip the old wink. Yeah, uh, well, it's yeah. all about tipping the wink yeah, yeah. to those that know. Yeah. And for those that don't... doesn't matter. You don't know. Still enjoy it. Still enjoy the music. And the closest I ever got to him telling me what that meant yeah. was he said, let's just say it's invocative. And one of the absolute tenets of occult thinking as championed by Crowley um, was to invoke often. You know, you don't do a ritual once, it's not Christmas, you know, don't do it once a year and get all your mates around. Yeah. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And you, it's to invoke often. And what he's basically saying there is, uh, I invoke often. To invoke often is the secret of life, if you like. Because it can't always be measured in wealth or success, but it can be measured in being one of those people who just are a force of nature. Yeah, yeah. But then you would say, I mean, if you were following the logic of this, you would say... Well, Paigey, what happened to the last, you know, ever since Led Zeppelin broke up? Okay, well, heroin. That's what happened. Right. You know, by the time you get to... And what did Alistair have to say about that? Well, Alistair Crowley took every drug under <laughs> yeah. the sun. Um, but in, in... See, it's, his basic philosophy seemed to be, have a good time all the time. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was sort of how it boiled down. Well, that's, you could boil it down yeah, to it, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But in Crowley's mind thinking um it, it wasn't like i'm now a junkie forever it, it, yeah. these were things you took to get you into that kind of hypnotic state yeah. you know it's a it's a it's a you know it's interesting it's a bit of a grift and it's a bit of a you know a, a cult genuinely a cult you know what forces exist in the universe what forces exist in the human mind that we don't mm. properly have names for yet and, uh, and you'd be entirely open to that. You know, you'd be foolish to think that we're at a point of discovery where we understand the universe. Of course we don't. We haven't got a clue what makes the universe work, what makes us work. So, you know, all of these things are, you know, they're probably hinting at some kind of principle that we don't yet understand, which is yes. incredibly interesting. But it's got this edge of a grift on it as well, which is like it has to be sold in a certain way and it always kind of benefits the person that's doing the grifting you know it's sort of like Crowley, Crowley's not taking heroin because it feels good he's taking because he's going to take him to a real special place and I'm going to come back and tell you what it was like you know well that that's a true point but in the case of Crowley you know how many junkies do you know uh productive form, junkies form, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Form yeah that's right yeah exactly you can't yeah there needs to be something more yeah I mean he had yeah. the place in Greece Thelema yeah. Yeah, um, he 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 inspired scientists, thinkers. Yeah, he was a genius chess player. He was a mountaineer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this wasn't a guy yeah. sitting. So he's around. a he's a genuine explorer. He's yes. looking for some kind of truth. Yes. Yeah. In Page's case, I think now we do boil it down because. By the time you get to 73 and they're the, literally the, when the fourth album came out in America, um, there were, I, I, there's this old footage when I was doing my book, you, know, you find this stuff. And uh, there's this news item, CBS News in New York saying, um, I think it was like January 71, something like that. And it was saying officially as of today, the Led Zeppelin are bigger than the Beatles. Right. Their album just overtook whatever it was, fucking Abbey Road or something at number one in the American charts. And in the reader's poll in Melody Maker that year, for the first time since the Beatles had been around eight years before, Plant is the best singer in the world. Zeppelin, mm. the best group in the world. You know, there was this real changing of the guard. 
But by the time you get to 73 and they're on the private plane and they've got the private doctor and the underage groupies and the whole thing, here's a man who, as far as um, Lucifer Rising... Oh, Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger was working with Jimmy. And Kenneth Anger, super serious uh, about the occult, fell out with Jimmy because he said Jimmy was taking too many drugs not being serious enough about the work. And they had a really big falling out, as you can do with heroin addicts and crazy people like Kenneth, you know, or intense eccentrics or whatever. And Kenneth put a curse on Jimmy, known as the curse of King Midas. <laughs> what a bastard. Well, the curse of... Fancy King, doing that. The curse of King Midas, interesting one, because this is 1975 at right, this point. yeah. Physical graffiti is out. Yeah. And as you rightly say, there are only two more albums after that, and neither one of them, in my view or your so, view... There you go. People have doubted my Led Zeppelin expertise, but I turned out to be right. The Curse of King Midas turns you into a gold statue. Right. So you are a golden statue that everyone goes, oh, my God, did you see the golden statue? But you are a statue. And you become immovable. You are frozen. And I find it very interesting that my age remained frozen in time. Uh, yeah. My firm impression of Jimmy is that he's, he's yeah. been frozen in time. Yeah. I always used to call him the Miss Havisham of rock. Yeah. Because he's still waiting for Led Zeppelin like to do that next album. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's, and he lives in his house and he's all like covered in cobwebs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's he's just, you know what I just thought of as well, which we should have said at the start is now it's obvious why he did the soundtrack to Death Wish too, because he lived next door to, to Michael, Michael Wimmer. Oh, yeah, that's so. I should should have said Apparently that. Apparently, the story like, yeah. goes Michael Wimmer came came and knocked came on around. his door. Yeah, said so you know, yeah, could you just knock do you one fancy, for me? Yeah. <laughs> do you here's, fan a, here's an ounce of coke. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Jim's like yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you're right. He goes to this state of stasis after Zeppelin crumble and he just becomes the curator of their legacy. Every time I, I interviewed mm. Jimmy fairly regularly for a long period of time, until mm. I did the book, that was the end yeah. of that. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, hello, call me back, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, call Are me. There? Yeah, Are you there? Are you there? I think this we've been cut off. Does this number still work? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember me? He's coming up as blocked. We were friends. Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I thought we were, never mind. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of that. And, I, and, I, and I, to me, it is interesting because in all those times I interviewed Jimmy, from when I first met him up to just a few years before, a couple of years before the book came out, um, he was always telling me, I said, well, so what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, I'm working on this new music. It's going to be great, probably out next year. Mm. Now, the last time a record came out that was new, that had Jimmy Page on it, was 1997, <laughs> which was the yeah. second Page Plant album. Yeah, yeah, which was as close to being Basically, Led Zeppelin as Zeppelin. he could get. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Way more than the first one, which had all the Egyptian musicians. Yeah. and had Didn't this... he do some of Paul Rogers, wasn't it? That was The Firm. The Firm, that's That was it, the yeah. first group he had after Led Firm. Zeppelin. yeah. Uh, uh, Bad Company and Zep were both managed by Peter Grant. Oh, uh, so both on Atlantic. Yeah. And although Peter was completely out of the game by then, Phil Carson, who'd been the president of Atlantic in the UK, ev everywhere outside America, um, was the guy who got Paul and Jimmy together. Right. And it was a, it was a great idea. I mean, I, you know, the, it wasn't the greatest group. No. So the point is that he did try. He did try at some point. He did try, but I mean that first Firm album, the the big Stairway to Heaven moment is uh, Moonlight, Midnight, Moonlight, Late at Midnight, Moonlight. Uh, that was a Zeppelin song that, um, that 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 would have been on the next album had there been an, a next album. That, but but again, that he'd been tinkering with for years. So in typical kind of junky fashion, here's a guy in a new group doing their first album and he's pulling songs out the drawer yeah, he's had yeah, lying around for yeah, years. Yeah. He just hasn't got it in him to yeah. come up with a... be as prolific as he had been. Um, 
But I was talking to, for the update of the book, I, I was talking to Tony Franklin, who was the bass player in the firm. Yes. And I, also Paul Rogers. And I was saying to them, you know, I remember, back in 84, I remember they made a huge thing about, if you go and see the firm, there will be no Led Zeppelin songs, no bad company mm. songs, <laughs> no free. See, why do I want to go and see the firm then? Well, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Because if they'd done that, people have gone, oh, no, that's terrible. You're selling out, yada, yada, yada. I mean, even Plant didn't do Zeppelin mm. songs in those days. Cut to now, when after Paul Rogers has been in Queen. Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and Jimmy. Jimmy didn't Jimmy's formed an even better band than Led Zeppelin with <laughs> David Coverdale. <laughs> These days, if the firm got back together tomorrow and didn't even make a record, they just yeah. went out and did festivals. Yeah, and, and played free and, and Led Zeppelin. Right. Yeah, they clean yeah. up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would, it would. Come out, opening number. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. now, yeah, why yeah. not? Kossoff's yeah. dead. Yeah. I think it'd be great. It would be good. But Page, I suppose Page is just, you're right, that sense of stasis that, that not, you know, he, he probably realised after these sort of attempts, and it only really goes up to the mid-90s, doesn't it? These attempts at doing something new. Yeah. Um, you know, that it was never going to happen again. It was never going to happen again like it happened in Led Zeppelin. And he was lost. I mean, I... I don't mean to go on about it, but he had so few friends outside. Well, he's reduced to you. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, for a period, <laughs> I'm being facetious, but no, it's but true. For a short period, yeah. to the point where I, 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 I felt the weight, if you like. Yeah, it's like he's going. Oh, he's phoned up again. It gets to that point. You see the <laughs> name come up on your phone, and it's like, oh, but you know. Well, no, because you feel the this, football's you on. You feel this. You know, it's really weird. You should yeah. say that. I was sitting watching Match of the Day one night. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Just looking forward to it. Going, I've been just, working all day. I wonder oh, how United got on or Kids whatever. Kids in yeah, bed. Yeah. Fucking, here yeah. we go. Yeah. Phone rings. It's Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's when I just got up, probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea why he rang. Because he likes football. I have no idea mm. why he rang me at that time of night. But um, he, it, as well, I was writing the book. And and the book came about was I was gonna I wanted him involved I wanted to be transparent yeah I can imagine I can imagine the story can imagine the the email you first constructed to that send was a letter it. I that wrote was a, a letter I was posted this is the day you sent it by letter. Raven so it landed on the tower <laughs> of the tower house <laughs> there's a message here and it drops down yeah. yeah. Yeah, father of dragons. Written in blood. Yeah, absolutely. No, because the, the first letters were like the early two thousands. Yeah. I was promising him a minimum of a million pounds if he would <laughs> if he would do the book. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because holy fuck. Well, Keith Richards got three and a half million for his book. Yeah. Same publisher as me. Yeah, yeah. Although Keith Richards was over ten years later, so a million pounds back then was a very, very significant sum. Not just a million pounds, but we don't talk about drugs. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about magic. We just talk about music because Dylan had come out with a book in 2004 yeah, where yeah. He, he doesn't talk about any of the stuff that the crazy fans would love to read. It was about two periods of his life, one before he was successful in the early 60s and one in the late 80s when he's, he's complete. It's like he's, he's over, he's done. Mm. Every album he gets, people say it's shit. And those are the only two bits yeah. in the book. But it's a brilliant book. Yeah. And I was saying to him, we could do that. And I will get you a minimum of a million pounds. And he came close to, but of course he's in. There's no deadline for him. There's no. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's like a million pounds. He's a frozen is, gold statue. He is, he is. And the fact is, a million pounds isn't going to affect his life. No. You know, it's nice that he wants a million pounds because it says here comes yes. an important book. He doesn't want a million pounds. He thinks, oh great, I need a million quid. No, because no, he doesn't. No, it, it re you're right. It yeah. really would just be a marker of how yeah. serious, how significant this would be taken. The, he is, and the book is. Yeah, the publishers would go nuts yeah. with the promotion, yeah. and yeah. which is another thing that kind of puts him off because he doesn't want to be on fucking Good Morning Britain or no. Jonathan Ross. Or, no. Um, but certainly a match of the day. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Uh, I actually can't tell you the actuality because it was a, it, it it I wouldn't be thanked for it. Yeah. 
But he put it. He put he the old King Midas on me. you. What's that? Sorry. He put the old King Midas on you. <laughs> Do you know when I was working on the book? Um, it was the first book I'd ever done where there was because in the end he didn't do the book mm. and the publisher said to me, look... Just do it. Just do a Zeppelin book. Yeah. And if you don't do it, we'll get someone else to do it. Yeah. And I went back to Jimmy and said... This, da, is, da, what, da, da. this is what they're going to do. So I'm going to do it, but here's the thing, is I'm your guy. Yeah. So a bit like with Diana and Andrew... Morton. That's Morton. exactly what it was like. I'm like, yeah. back channel. Fucking yeah. back channel. Yeah. And I'll write you the book that you want to read. Yeah. But I've got to get the back channel. So it's still sort of vaguely back channel. Mm. There was no back channel. Yeah. But he rang me to say, how are you getting on with your book? Yeah. And I, did he say, did he, in what, that's a phrase that could be taken many ways. You've got to tell us more about the, the, the way friendly, he said that. Okay, friendly. Very friendly, but sort of, how are you getting on with your book? It wasn't the way sort of Don Arden would have said it. No. <laughs> Had you been writing a, no, an unofficial book. No, but it quickly book. went that way. Right, right. Um, uh, how are you getting on with your book? And I'd just literally the day before I'd interviewed Donovan because right. Paige and Jones played on a lot of significant Donovan hits in the mm. Hurdy Gurdy Man. Um, Whatever the other ones were. Did you ever see that TV programme Britannia in the last couple of years? Oh, it's fantastic. Mm. It's like Game of Thrones, but... But for the oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's all like Anglo-Saxons or whatever running around and cutting each the other. Ro- the ro- Druids, and yeah, the Romans. Yeah. But it's it's. A, I tell you, it's a great program. Yeah, okay, took me a few episodes because I kept thinking, is this like a poor man's Game of Thrones? No, no, it, it's a counterculture, far out fucking thing. It's very, very funny but deep. Um, I forgot what I was telling you this now. Match of the day, and he's just said. How are you getting on with your book? You said Donovan. Donovan has the... Th- it was a um, season of The Witch. Right, oh, okay. And that's what Paige and Jones did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But other Hurdiger... I mean, loads, son, loads of sessions for Donovan. And so... Uh, and Donovan is Celtic, you know, Scottish. And he also has that... Strays into, you know, folk music, psychedelic music. It's all that same era mm. of let's explore... The unexplored. <laughs> oh, there goes the mic. Um, and how uh, you going? I said, I interviewed Donovan. He went, he won't tell you anything. <laughs> and I thought, it's true. Yeah, yeah. All I learned was that Jimmy was a great guy. Yeah, and John yeah. Paul Jones was a great arranger. Yeah. And they were good guys. Yeah. Yeah. Essential information for yeah. your book. <laughs> I, yeah. I think Bonham yeah. even played on Secret of the uh, Season of the Witch. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, and then it went, uh, it goes... I really can't tell you the proper story here, but I'll give you a flavour. He said, um, as long as... He goes, as long as you say that Robert... (laughs) Fill in the blanks. Yeah. That's the only thing I... That's the message. That's the only thing I care about. And I said, I couldn't possibly say that. I said, you can say that. Yeah. I can have you say that. He went, like, what a fucking waste of... He didn't say what a waste of time. But it was like, oh, fuck off. Crystal Palace have just come on. I've got to go, <laughs> I've got to go now. No, as I'm talking to him, I'm looking. Yeah, at the, yeah, looking at the score. Because there's no sky in those days. It's 2007 or something. I can't just pause live. No, I can't pause, pause it. There's yeah, no live not, pause. Yeah, yeah. you've got to, it's wa- now you've got to watch it and listen to Jimmy Page. So, um, and that was our kind of last conversation before the book was done. But because it was a big book, it was I'd never had so much money to write a book and, and they were saying we're going to make this big and, and all that stuff was real. But it scared the shit. In fact, I, I remember I used to ring you in the early days yeah. and I used to say to you, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I've written a couple of pages. And, and you know I, what I said? You said they were brilliant. I said King Midas. He's done it to you. <laughs> No, I read you no, over they, the phone yeah, what I'd written, and you great, went, yeah. it sounds great. Yeah. I'm thinking, he's just saying that. No, no, no. But you get into that point where you can't see the wood for the trees. It's a, it becomes too I, big. I was staying in a hotel at that point, and I couldn't, in Oxford, <laughs> yeah. from up the road from where I live, because I had really small children. You had to then. get your head together in the country. I had babies in the house. Yeah. It was fucking impossible. Didn't want to talk to them. Plus my wife bursting in the door every five yeah. minutes. It was one of those projects where you need to be on it 24-7. And, and so I went in a hotel. That didn't really work. It was expensive. And I came out with fuck all, really. I eventually rented a holiday cottage, which was um, relatively cheap 
because it was the middle of winter. Yeah. And I was there for six months. And I literally, uh, in the morning, if I had a thought, I'd go and write it down. 11 o'clock at night, something, go and write it down. You know, it, it, you can only do that really on your own. But while I'm staying in this cottage, I start having terrible nightmares wow. that are so vivid. It's not like, oh, I've had a bad dream. I couldn't, quite often I couldn't remember if it had actually happened. Yeah. There was one dream where every window in the place just smashed. There was one dream where I'm asleep in bed and every window in the place smashes and I wake up and I can't remember the actual but you know there's a clear message from jimmy saying this this is just the start wow just fucking stop right now and that went on and on and on that's quite scary i was scared i was genuinely scared there were other nights i'd have pains where um i could not sleep but i wasn't awake enough to say, okay, well, I'll have a cup of tea and do some work. Mm. I'd just be sitting on my bed in the middle of the night in pain. It's fucking bizarre, man. Fucking bizarre. Mm. But um, it became the best book I'd ever done because it's such a great story. But it's only a great story if you, like you said, understand that Hammer of the Gods is sort of a cartoon version, an entertainment. But I wanted the truth. Yeah, And... Um, so I, I don't doubt for a second his occult experiences and knowledge and involvement is 100% genuine. Uh, we have, we, we've inched towards that. He, like he says to me, well, let's just say I've always been interested in alternative religions, East, West, wherever. And um, you know, I've spoken to millions of people that are into mysticism and Eastern religions. They never put it to me like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a real subject. It's something he's really interested in. And I think you can see that seeping into a lot of Zeppelin's work um, and the way they presented themselves. You know, we will not have a title on the album. Uh, they didn't have a... Although the fifth album was called Houses of the Holy, there was nothing on the cover. No, that's right. It doesn't they say... They paper yeah, band yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we will not release singles. I mean, this is in the 60s. What the mm. fuck are you all about? You're going to release singles. How the fuck can we work this? Well, they just have to buy the album, won't they? Yeah, but they won't buy an album unless mm. it's a hit single. Won't they? Yeah. So, fascinating stuff. But at the time, they weren't musically. They were not regarded as to where they are now. And after they broke up, don't forget, Punk comes along in 77 which really fucks Robert up. He cuts his hair, he wants to do shorter songs. Uh, Page has a more musical interest. He thought Rat Scabies was an amazing drummer. He loved <laughs> the damn. Right. Well, they had that Dave Vanian as a yeah, vampire yeah, yeah, singer yeah, yeah. and Rat yeah. Scabies as this kind of mini Bonham, fucking animal on the drums, but a great player. I used to know Rat, and he goes, oh, yeah, Jimmy comes over, yeah. <laughs> goes on a bit about the magic, you know. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Jez Coleman, Jimmy and Jez, apparently, because Jez deep into the occult. Yeah. Or Jez, yeah. Jazz, sorry. Um, jazz, Jez, whatever he's called. Yay, yay, Yeah, Yeah, that's what he's called. Yeah. <laughs> and, this is what, and this is why he doesn't get on with Robbie Williams. <laughs> then Robbie just, uh, he won't put up, he won't, he won't you know. Robbie's, Robbie's going. Th- magic, if you say magic to Robbie, he thinks of Paul Daniels. He does. Ali Bongo, you know. Robbie starts going. Could it be magic, magic? magic. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know he did, could it be magic now? He did that one, didn't he? Magic. That's what he does when he sees Paige. When Paige is out in the garden doing the lawn, <laughs> there's Robbie, he goes, could it be magic now? And he's like, Paige is furious. Why you, I order? Just give me a great sitcom. I'll cast it. I'll cast it. You could have yeah. Jimmy next door, Robbie, and you then on the need, other side of the fence, any... on the other side, no, no, on the other side of Jimmy's fence, you've got Ozzy. No, you don't need it. Dog you shit don't, you over don't the need fence. it. You don't oh, need oh, it. The rea- the, it's good enough. Oh, it's good enough. Okay. You know, Robbie, Jimmy. So at the know. end of the 70s, Led Zeppelin are regarded as so out of date, uncool. I remember one of the early broadcast interviews with Johnny Rotten. Mm. On on uh, not the Today Show that's the famous one but there was a Janet Street Porter weekend show for the youth you know 
and they interviewed him on that. I don't think they even had a record out yet. It was just this new phenomenon. Mm. And I remember seeing him going, I went to see the song Remains the Same, you know, the movie. Yeah. And everybody was, and this is true, I went to see it, and it's true, people were sitting in the aisles. Yeah. Because you had, you know, you sat on the floor yeah, and you're yeah. Afghan. And yeah. He goes, I went to see the song Remains the Same. It was boring. boring. <laughs> That's what you said about everything. <laughs> everything. Like, boring. boring. <laughs> but suddenly, boring, boring. And yeah. Jeff Barton, who I interviewed for my book, flat out fucking denied it, okay? And then Dave Lewis sent me the actual cutting. Jeff reviewed the final Led Zeppelin album. What are you looking at? It's like your microphone stand is askew, and I, I thought, I don't know. Oh, dear. No, it's not. It's not. It's an optical oh, okay. illusion. I, I wouldn't wish to mess with the supreme technological excellence no, we are renowned no, for. Exactly. Um, the fi- Jeff Barton's reviewing sounds. What are you looking at? I'm just looking. At Stop looking at my get, phallic get, microphone. Get yourself together, man. It's together. Talk about the review. I'm trying to. We keep looking at my microphone. I'll, go, I'll keep looking in the right place <laughs> to enable you to talk. He reviews in through the outdoor. Gives it two stars, and the headline is, "Can the last one out please turn out yeah. the lights?" Because yeah. there was a Zeppelin uh, uh, on House of the Holy. Da, 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 turn out the lights. Yeah. We won't be home tonight. Mm. No quarter. Um, and I'm saying to Jeff, "So you wrote that review?" He went, "No, no, no I it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. And it wasn't yeah. me." And Lewis sends it to me. <laughs> so of course I use it in the book. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking. At the time, I thought, why would why Jeff lie about it? Yeah. Because by then, I'd hired him for Classic Rock magazine and Led Zeppelin for Classic Rock magazine well, was massive. like the Beatles for yeah. Mojo. Yeah. But he was right about that album, wasn't he? Absolutely. Or, or it's a, but, it's a, I'm not saying he was right. So it's a valid critical view. Yes. You can argue the point. Yes. But here's the point I'm making is back in 1980, it was the lead review in sounds. Yeah. Jeff was more than happy to come out and go, this yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Cut to 2007, 2008. Yeah. This is how far Zeppelin's uh, legend has now moved forward. He's not even prepared to admit he said that. Yeah, yeah. Because Zeppelin are now so fucking cool. Yeah. So beyond, beyond, beyond. Which is interesting. And the only reason they are like that is because they broke up. That's, I I would say that's almost certain fact. (laughs) Because if you think about Black Sabbath, if you think about Deep Purple, the ongoing and tortured the, the, history. The Rolling Stones yeah, yeah, haven't the, made a good what, album yeah, what they, yeah, the what they did wrong was keep going. Yeah. They should have just stopped. King Midas. Yeah. That was the best thing that happened to Pagey was <laughs> Kenneth Anger, King midas in him. It made, it made, it made Zeppelin the, 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 you know... Before we go, because we're, we're, we're out of time... Um, just to say, we'll come back to this subject one day, I know. You might. Uh, <laughs> that might be too boring for you. Well, after we've done two or three yeah, more yeah, on yeah. Journey. Yeah. Or, or, after, or we've come, after, you, after we've come back to Journey and Meridian, then we might come back to <laughs> Led Zeppelin. Famously in the mid-70s, while him and Kenneth, Jimmy and Kenneth are still tight, Jimmy composes... Uh, the soundtrack music for what will be the next Kenneth Anger movie, Lucifer Rising. Mm. Um, and but this dated the project dated back to when Kenneth was best mates with Mick Jagger and yeah. Keith Richards. Jagger, you know, shrewd, smart, business first. He sees it as uh, a good dalliance, a good thing to put in the sympathy for the devil. It's pre-Altamont, so mm. any kind of association with the dark side, it's all sexy and cool mm. for Jagger. But um, post-Altamont, it's like he just doesn't fucking want to go anywhere that. near yeah. that yeah. shit. Uh, and so now Kenneth's best mate is Jimmy, who is all about that yeah. shit. I mean, Jagger was the dilettante. Uh, Brian Jones was the one who was really into it, and Jagger despised Jones for that. He just thought he was a fucking idiot, you know. But he wasn't. He was onto something. And um, so Kenneth gets Jimmy to do the soundtrack. And in the course of the book, I was able, I think these days you can find it on the internet, but back then it was rarer than hen's mm. teeth. I got it. It was right, like 28 yeah, minutes yeah. long. And it is the most disturbing yeah. fucking... It, it's like a drone. It's like... 
<laughs> and I also got the movie uh, again, which you, these days you couldn't you get, get. Yeah, you could, but that, then it was a, it was like, oh, if you'd seen Lucifer Rising, you've really seen something. You know, right. You were, so I've got you, a copy of yeah. it, and Marion Faithful is in it with yeah. her lovely jubblies out. Um, and then there's one really creepy scene because it, there's no like acting, there's no like script. Mm. It's just images and sounds and Egypt and all kinds of stuff. And there's one bit where there's this character bearded involved in this ritual it's fucking jimmy page uh, there is no question um and but, for yeah well go on but no, i was gonna say something really stupid that probably it's not like you no it isn't i was gonna say i might call my sitcom lucifer rising it's quite <laughs> a good name for uh, yeah because uh, Kenneth Anger, I think, would like that. Yeah. I'm living angels mm. instead. Yeah. See, Robbie would be over the fence. Yeah, doing it, his song, yeah. What was that guy, uh, that comedian who ended I'll up doing Buzz Lightyear's No, I've just, I've just thought of who I'm going to get to play Robbie Williams, only because he's so intensely annoying and you'd need to embody annoyance to really get across why Page is a... I, I'd get that bloke James Corden. He'd, he'd be Robbie Williams. <laughs> permanently but, yeah, on a diet. But, yeah, yeah, but permanently on a diet with the steep, with the hair. You need know, to have a wig with the, the sort of quiff hair. And no shirt. No shirt. Very important. around like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Being, you know, and you just think, I would hate to live next door to that guy. And then you see his little fat fingers coming yeah, over the over fence. Over the fence, yeah. And his little face. And pa- like yeah. There you go. Yeah. Pagey. Pagey. Yeah. You know, I put like... the latest planning application in. <laughs> For my mega basement. Yeah. Well, uh, and we're going to build a church. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, church and, and a gym. Yeah. And a gym. Yeah. And it's going to be like Sunday LA morning. Fitness, but it's better. Yeah. Uh, and Pagey, yeah. you know how you like worship the devil? Yeah. I've got a song for you. I'm loving <laughs> angels instead. It's going to be amazing. And on that note. On that bombshell. Goodbye. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review, share it with a friend, or plain old subscribe wherever you listen to it. To getcha some conversation online, follow us on Twitter at GetchaPod. Until next time. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want.